like I grew up in a time in TV where it was really discouraged to share that I was even a part Filipina actress. I just think that, you know, there was this large part of myself that I not only didn't know, but I, I didn't take pride in. And now I feel like I do. Like, I'm really, really proud to be a Filipina. I love Filipino culture. Like, I think there's so much yeah. joy and so much life and so much love. Welcome to the Filipino on the Rise podcast, where I spotlight Filipino women doing big things and making an impact. I'm Crystal Fabella, and I aim to promote Pinay excellence, empower our community through our stories while telling the world about us, and celebrate what it means to be a Filipina. Today, we're talking to Nicole Anderson Paniagua. Nicole is an actress turned environmentalist flower farmer. So cool. You may have seen her as a teen actress on Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and ABC Family with roles on Jonas, Mean Girls 2, Ravenswood, and Make It or Break It. She now owns Inclayco, a floral design business in the Pacific Northwest. She's a proud mother, wife, and Filipina farmer. In this episode, we cover the importance of representation in entertainment and Nicole's journey through this industry at a young age. Nicole shares how she discovered her new creative passions of sustainable farming in her early 20s, and we talk about how to eat with the seasons and combating climate change through personal practices, and how it's never too late to reconnect with your Filipina identity. The importance of this episode is on finding happiness through your creative passions and big life transitions. Nicole was once a former teen actress who was on the cusp of becoming a big star, but during her early 20s, she began to question where her food came from and how was it grown, which led to her new passion of sustainable farming that she turned into a career. Although her family questioned this transition given the success she was making in entertainment, they noticed how happy she was without it as she was traveling the world and volunteering on farms. It's all about what makes you happy. Nicole teaches us more about her mission to combat climate change through agriculture and farming. One of the best ways to combat this is through personal practices, but Nicole took matters into her own hands to study sustainable agriculture and to immerse herself on a flower farm in Northern California. The more she learned, she started to acquire her own land to grow and cultivate flowers in the Pacific Northwest. She now makes sustainable flower arrangements for weddings and sells at her local farmer's market. Lastly, we talk about the importance of representation in entertainment, both its good and bad, while also delving into how that played into Nicole's identity shaping. When she was coming up in the business as a young star, she was asked to not disclose being Filipina or to stop tanning. Now she embraces her inner Filipina and shows that it's never too late to reconnect with your identity. Before we start, I'm so excited to share something with you I've been working on and now have officially launched which is a new clothing line that lets you rock some Filipino traditional cultural looks in a modern chic top. If you've been keeping up with me on Instagram, you'll see me sporting this crop top with butterfly sleeves. I partnered with Silviana Boutique, which is a Filipina-owned fashion brand that elevates the piña and directly works with the farmers and makers from the Philippines. Lastly, there are amazing things happening at the Filipina Soul Sisterhood Circle, and I'd love to see you there. If you ever felt like you really wanted to start tapping into your Filipina culture and heritage more and meet other like-minded Filipina women, if you want to learn what it means to be proud to be Pinay, this community is for you. You get work workshops, journaling prompts, group meditations. You get access to inspirational industry, top Filipino women. They're leading sessions. They're mentoring us. So hang out with me and other Pinais every week. We meet next Thursday. I hope to see you there. Link is in the show notes. All right. Now here's Nicole. Off the bat, I just want to know being a farmer and working with nature from the lifestyle and kind of industry that you were in before in entertainment as an actress, what learnings did you like realize from this transition? Yeah. I I mean, like I do feel like I'm living an entirely different life now. I did really enjoy 
my life as an actress, it was fun for a long time, but it is an industry that is very focused on like, you know, materialistic things. And, and it just, I don't know, it just kind of like focuses a lot of importance on things that I was no longer finding important to me, which I, you know, I don't find anything wrong. Like people who love to dress up and, and, you know, do makeup. And I think like all of those things are fun and it's an art form all in, in itself, but they just weren't things that I valued anymore. And I found myself just really wanting to spend more time like in my own natural state. I love, I love spending time outdoors. I love spending time with nature. And so yeah. I just kind of created a life that was more in alignment with who I was as a person. Yeah. Was that hard for you to realize or like make that transition? Because like when I look at your, I I remember watching you on Disney Channel and yeah. um, different like ABC Family shows and stuff. And always, yeah. it's funny because you kind of know a Filipina when you just see, I think it's an eyes thing and you're just like, totally. oh my gosh, you know, you're just like, wait, I think yeah. she is. <laughs> and it's funny, sure? I was reflecting because like, you got to play the like the cool, you know, mean girl sometimes. And that's like every girl's <laughs> dream in a weird way. <laughs> and, then, and, like, and one would think you're like, oh my gosh, like you probably just want to keep going at that path, you know, getting to yeah. be that iconic role and, and person in the industry. But I want to know, I think it's brave of you to say like, actually, this is what I value. And this is the life I want to live. It's no, no longer that. And I'm going to step into there contrary to what success looks like in this world and contrary to where this industry says I should go. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a struggle, especially because, you know, I've always had my parents support 100% anything that I wanted to pursue in life. They always help me achieve those goals, whether it was with gymnastics and with acting. And I think, you know, because I was a working actress, for them to then hear like, that's something I no longer wanted to do, it didn't really make sense to them at first, especially my mom coming from the Philippines, you know, and not having much at all growing up, you know, she really couldn't understand why I would want to give up this career. Mm. And that was, I think, the first time in my life where I I felt like my parents were sort of questioning my <laughs> my my decisions. But then I think once they saw me, you know, traveling around the world and volunteering on farms and just just being genuinely happy and learning more about what I was wanting to devote my time and energy into, then they, you know, really came around and, and got excited by what I was trying to accomplish. So I think, yeah, I think any big change in life can be scary. But I just, I don't know, I, I, I feel like we only have one life to live. And we really should spend it doing what we truly want to do. And, you know, I'll always look back at my time in acting and, and have fond memories and, and be grateful for the opportunities that I had. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really happy Mm -hmm. being where I'm at now. 
Um, you're happy. You're like genuinely happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy. I'm like, we forget. It's like, it's that simple. Sure. Like sometimes, obviously hard, but like, yeah, simple, and you know, sure. and I can see that. Like, thank you. Yeah, you exude that energy and you're doing something you're so passionate about and, you know, and it's really magnetic. And so <laughs> as we start most episodes, I want to pass the mic to you and ask Nicole, in your own words, who is Nicole Paniagua? And also, do you usually go by that last name or Nicole Gail Anderson, whatever you want to go by? Mm-hmm. And what is your current mission in this season? Yeah. So I took on the name Nicole Paniago once I got married. Gosh, it's four years ago now. My husband is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So his last name I found to be way cooler than Anderson because it translates to bread and water. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I was like, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll take on your last name. I, I was totally that, that woman beforehand where I was just like, I don't understand why women have to give up their last names. Like, this is such an archaic principle. I'm going to keep my name. Yeah. But then I was like, well, Penny Hawk's pretty cool. But um, yeah, Nicole Gail Anderson, that was, I mean, that is my birth name. And so um, it was also my stage name with acting. Um, so I'll respond to it. But <laughs> legally now it's Nicole Paniagua. And I would say my current mission in this moment in life, I would say is just to be a loving wife and a great mother and to continue building on the business that my husband and I created. And yeah, tend to, to the land that we live on and to be a better farmer, hopefully with each growing season, <laughs> there's always a lot to learn. Yeah. That's so cool to be a better farmer. I'm yeah. like, that is something you do not hear yeah. from a, a woman every day. And I love it. I'm here for it. Thank you. So I want to know about your upbringing and how being Filipino shaped that. You mentioned that it's only been recently that you've been, not even recently, but like, yeah, that you wanted to really re-explore your Filipina heritage and that your sister was someone that helped like usher that in. And I just want to know growing up, what factor did that play? What did it mean to you? What did you know, where did you start to see that it mattered or did it matter, especially going into you know, acting? And then I'd love to know about why recently that's become important for you. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the U.S., primarily in the southern states like Georgia and Florida and then California as well, since my dad was in the Navy. And I don't know, I feel like when my mom moved to the state, she really tried to Americanize herself in a way. Like she wanted to assimilate and fit in. And so, you know, we were never really taught any Tagalog. Um, she, she, she did. She didn't really share many of like her Filipina culture or much of her heritage with us until we got older and we started asking those questions. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't until a couple of years ago, because my mom was adopted, she started digging into her past and trying to reconnect with her biological siblings and actually found her long lost brother on Facebook. And it was, oh, wow. Yeah. So 
they've reconnected. And it was around that time where my younger sister was like, you know, this is this huge part of your past and and who you are as a person that like, Mm -hmm. we've never really talked about. And I want to like, Mm -hmm. know more about that. And you know, more about you as, as our mother, but also, you know, about this large part of me that like, I don't know much about. And it was when my sister started having those conversations Mm -hmm. with my mom, I was just like, I want (laughs) to, I want to know too. I want to like reclaim this part of myself that I feel like has been missing for such a long time Mm -hmm. because, you know, especially growing up in the entertainment industry, I had mentioned, you know, in our previous conversation, just a little bit that, you know, there wasn't much diversity and representation in TV back then, you know, it was um, largely like lead roles were casted by white actors. And a lot of the supporting actors were, you know, ethnic. And I feel like, you know, luckily, nowadays, you can find so much more representation in film and television, whether it be through ethnicity or gender orientation or sexuality. And I think it's great. But I I grew up in a time in TV where it was really discouraged to share that I was even a part Filipina actress. And I just think that, you know, there was this large part of myself that I not only didn't know, but I I wasn't necessarily, I didn't take pride in. And now I feel like I do. Like, I'm really, really proud to be a Filipina. And I think like, it's so cool that you know, living on the same property with my mom. She's teaching Tagalog to my daughter. And so I'm learning along with my daughter. So I have about like an 18 month old vocabulary at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, just it's a start. But yeah, learning, learning how to cook certain foods. It's a little difficult because my mom, you know, just eyeballs everything. I'm like, hey, can you write this recipe down? And she's like, oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I know. Yeah, it's, it's fun to share those, those things with her now. Feels really great. (laughs) Yeah. And then as a young person, were you like aware, I know you mentioned and we don't have to, we can get into this later, but like in entertainment and as an actress, like you were told certain things, really whitewashing is the, yeah. you know, very common, I think in a lot of places. And absolutely, can you share like the, some of the things that you were told and how you process that? Like what effect it might've had on you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was so young, you know, I was 13 when I started and I was yeah. very impressionable at the time especially wanting to succeed in an industry that's so competitive, you just do what you're told so that you can get a job (laughs) and become successful. And so, you know, the first manager that I signed with was like, you need to not tan your skin. You should dye your hair lighter. Don't tell casting that you're Filipina, say that you're racially ambiguous. Mm. Even when I was working, you know, in TV, Later on, when I was around 18 years old, I had a network executive tell me that I should stop tanning because I was getting too dark. Mm. So there was a lot of, I guess, shame surrounding certain aspects of my appearance and just for simply being who, you know, those are things that I can't change about myself. You know, it's just like, yeah. I'm Filipina. I, you know, I, I do have darker skin. I have dark hair. Like, but you're telling me that in order to succeed or in order to appear relatable or likable within my job that I have to 
come across a certain way. Yeah. Um, so that was very discouraging. And it wasn't until I got older that I was just like, you know, realizing how wrong that was. Yeah. And like you kind of like stop and reflect um, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't I stand up for myself in those moments? I can't believe they said that to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I'm just like, actually, no, it is way more important to just authentically be myself mm. and have people see themselves you know, in a Filipina actress, like, yeah, I, I can't say it enough. Like representation is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about um, when you started farming throughout Costa Rica and, oh no, what we were talking about was how you decided to play a role in climate change and combating that through agriculture and farming. I think that's so important because yeah, we do see environmental issues as something that's just so big and out of our reach and we're like do we do it through just the policy route do we do it through our personal practice of like throwing things and recycling and it just it feels so like you feel helpless sometimes but something I'd been learning so recently is how like farming in itself like responsible agriculturing can play such a big effect yeah and how we treat the land really and um like but how also like it's this new wave of just like agriculture and having to always extract resources is like hurting our earth also so i'm just curious how you put two and two together of like oh i'm gonna do this through starting my own farm and then yeah tell me a little bit about how that transitioned to in clay co and what that's about Quick break to shout out our episode sponsor, Sylviana Boutique. Imagine this, you're strutting into a room with people. It's a work meeting, a social gathering, a restaurant, an event. Heads turn, you have a badass outfit on. This top you're wearing is not only a bold statement, it's representing Filipino cultural looks with a modern chic twist. People are asking you about it. You get to tell the story of Filipino cultural wear and traditions and the Philippines and how it directly supports farmers in the Philippines. You are wearing our new piña turno tops. If you've been wanting to implement Filipiniana and our culture in your wardrobe, I've launched a new clothing line with Silviana Boutique that lets you rock this style in a modern chic way. Silviana Boutique is a Filipina-owned fashion brand that elevates the piña, which is pineapple fiber. All the dresses and clothing is sustainable, ethically made, works directly with farmers, and seamstresses in the Philippines. Use code Filipina on their rise for 25% off until the end of March. I've already worn mine out, and it is such a fun statement look. People are so impressed you get to talk about piña and the Philippines. It's awesome. Get your top now. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again, Sylviana Boutique, for being a sponsor. Now back to the episode. So I think I started asking a lot of questions in my early 20s, like, where does my food come from? How is it grown? Um, And that led to, like, agricultural practices. And then I learned about how, you know, these huge um, commercial farms contribute to I think like 50 to 70% of the carbon emissions in the world (laughs) through tillage, it just releases carbon back into the atmosphere. And so agriculture really does play a huge role in the carbon crisis. And Mm. that I was just like, okay, like I really, um, if I am in a position where I can, you know, acquire land and farm it in a certain way where it sequesters carbon, 
and it draws carbon out of the atmosphere and back into the soil, that would be really cool. <laughs> and so that's what I started working towards. And so I started studying sustainable agriculture. And then I got my first farming job was actually on an organic flower farm in Northern California. And when I first embarked on my farming journey, I was like, okay, I know I want a farm, but I don't know what kind of farm I want. And it wasn't until I got that flower farm job where I was like, this is it. Like, this is, this is what I want to do. And it, cause you can't help but just like love what you're doing every day. I mean, flowers oh. make you, I mean, flowers make people happy <laughs> and just to, oh. yeah, be surrounded by flowers day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, between like fragrance and color therapy, it's just yeah it flowers just make you happy <laughs> so um i i decided okay i'm going to um work towards acquiring land and growing and cultivating flowers during that time while my husband and i were looking for land i was working with a floral designer in portland and i got to assist her on like weddings and events and that's when i was really able to like hone in on my design skills. And I felt like the two really were just kind of the perfect marriage of being able to like sustainably grow flowers, but then also get to design with them sustainably as well. Because there is a lot of waste and whatnot in like, you know, the wedding industry. And I think, you know, because I was a former actress, there aren't many things that I've been able to do that fulfill that part of myself creatively mm. and design work. I think it's that now I get to, um, it's my way of like artistic expression. And yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. Um, it's a really and, nice balance with flowers. Yeah. And I feel like it's <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, it's becoming such a valued thing now to incorporate plants in your life. And, you know, I hate to say trendy, yeah. but it really is. And hopefully it's not a trend. Hopefully it's something that leads people to be more conscious, to know, to, to see the, the like reverence the we can have for nature and, you know, and to learn more about where things come from and, you know, especially with the pandemic, us all staying like indoors in quarantine, I think having plants in your home and yeah, has become such a big thing. And people have realized like, oh, I can grow. So um, for anyone like listening, how can you encourage really exploring and nurturing yourself as like a plant person, right? To see it as, yes. as like being more eco-conscious and being actually like an environmentalist also definitely well and I think like that's such a great question because it's such a perfect place to start is to be able to like learn and grow your own food no matter where you live there's so many amazing books on sustainable like urban farming where you can set up you know vertical systems on your balcony where you, or just starting with like one tomato plant yeah or joining a community garden and renting a space in a community garden and having your own little space to, to start growing your own food. Yeah. I can't say enough, like how rewarding it is to start something from seed, to watch it grow and then to be able to eat it. It's just, yeah. it's such a great experience. And and we've um, lost touch of that because now you can just go in a store and 
pick something like a pre-made, uh, I don't know, like everything, just pre-made everything pizza. and you yeah. just push a button Definitely. and it's made and we've lost that touch, which I think that's mm-hmm. why I like want to start growing my things before of, of just like the process of nature to create these nutrients, to borrow all these resources around us and, and see that process yeah. is really like special. And I think something I've been trying to do more because I listened to this podcast about just like learning where food comes from and and when you track you and when you trace food you'll be really shocked to see how like unethical some of these things can be and so when we get more conscious about like who's behind all of this then it actually improves like absolutely the lives of the people behind it and just better practices and so like now like when I like look at a plant or look at the grocery store it's just like who picked this and like what did it take for it to get here? And also, yeah. like along with you, because what Nicole, wages were they making? Yeah, right? What wages were they making? And yeah. Something that you do so well is like going with the seasons, right? Like just planning your life around the seasons of just like I think even eating with the seasons has been something I'm trying to do more of like it's winter. Like, why are we expecting so much like summer foods and we yeah. have to bring this from the other side of the the right. globe like why don't we start res- like why don't we start honoring the season that we're in and just eating with the seasons and have having that respect the earth? are those things that like i don't know that resonate with you and you probably know so much about so much more about it too but yeah absolutely yeah i think you know as you said like so many things are accessible to us nowadays you know going to the grocery store you have grapes and cherry tomatoes and berries in January. And we just expect to see those certain things all the time, no matter what time of year it is. And then we eat, you know, a strawberry in January and we're like, oh, this doesn't taste like anything. Like why? It's not strawberry season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, you have to then ask yourself, like, well, how do we have strawberries in January? Like that, they, they were either flown um, across the world. So what are the car- the carbon emissions that, you know, behind shipping a perishable product to get here into the United States? Or they were, you know, grown indoors possibly. And so what's the, you know, the electricity and the water consumption to make or to force a plant to grow out of its season? So definitely, yeah, I think um, those... That's pretty much actually, yeah, where I, I started my, my journey into sustainable agriculture, which is linking it with seasonal eating. Wow. And it's not just with food, but it's also with flowers, right? Like 80 to 90% of the flowers in the U.S. are imported. And Wow. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, 80 to 90%. <laughs> And, and I think like, that's what, that's why I really, why, it's like, why do <laughs> we not have flowers here? I know. Well, it's the same thing. It's, you know, people expect to have certain flowers all year round. And um, especially in the wedding industry, floral designers will be like, okay, my bride asked for peonies. I have to have peonies. So you have to ship them from, you know, this, uh, South America or, yeah, just just to be able to get peonies out of season. Um, yeah, but what's also that's so crazy. You know, as you said that, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, wow. Well, there should be more people here who are conscious and just like can from our own land provide the flowers and educate people on them and also do it within the seasons. I was like, ding, 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 light bulb. Like that's what Nicole's doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh. 
That's so awesome. I, yeah, and like that's really what I'm hoping for is, you know, now that people are starting to ask themselves, you know, questions more about where their food is coming from and how it's grown, hopefully that can extend to flowers as well. Because I don't think much conversation surrounds that. Um, yeah. We started out actually selling at farmer's markets before we got into the wholesale market that we're selling at now. And I can't tell you how many people would come up to our booth and be like, why are your flowers so expensive? You know, I can just go to Costco and get the same thing for way cheaper. And it's like, well, you have to ask yourself why those bouquets are cheaper. You know, what were, what were the farmers paid? Were they getting paid a fair wage? Also, you know, tariffs play a huge part because of the tariffs that have been in place. This country is able to import flowers at such a ridiculously low price that, you know, farmers here, nation side, like can't compete with those prices. And so that's where a lot of issues are coming mm-hmm. up. And so I think, I don't know, I just kind of encourage people to, before you judge a farmer <laughs> and, you know, what they're pricing their products ask, maybe just ask yourself why, like, what work went behind growing that product and maybe just being able to appreciate it that much more. Knowing that, you know, yeah. you're supporting a local business and, there's not much carbon footprint behind that product. It literally went from yeah. Yeah. or the farm to the farmer's market instead of being shipped on a refrigerated jet, on a refrigerated truck to the store (laughs) to get to you. So something I really want to ask and intrigued by to, to kind of pivot a little bit. So we're kind of in this world where a lot of what's glorified is just being in the spotlight, right? Being glorified on social media and being, you know, an influencer, an icon in in that kind of like, that's the world of success that is just in front of our eyes and growth and numbers in in this industry and content creation and entertainment, what have you. And when I remember like the roles that you were in and the shows that you were in, whether that was in, you know, Ravenswood or at Disney Channel or CW, you like could have literally kept going in that path. And we just get so pressured to think like that is where we want to go. That's where you want to be. You want to be famous, you know? And it it seemed like you had such yeah. a like a heartbeat mm-hmm. that was loud enough in you to say, like, actually there's something more here. And there's something more for me. And I want to know, like, because I think a lot of us can wrestle with like getting caught up in this world where we see what success is versus like, yeah. for example, for me, I, I get pressured and like tempted all the time to, to keep going down the path of like, this is what an influencer or a TikToker or, or like a video create, content creation entertainment world looks like to go into TV, to go into this space, to get pulled into that. But then in my heart, I know like I want to impact my community and I want to bring representation and, you know, powerful storytelling to change people's lives, to bring um, women leaders up in this way. And I just, it's so hard to wrestle with the two. So I, I want to ask you, can you go back to who Nicole was when you were really kind of in that world? 
looking at you now, obviously you're like flourishing and kind of like in your purpose um, as a farmer florist activist, but <laughs> like going back to Nicole in the entertainment space world, what were you listening to? What, what kept your North star powerful enough to, to hold on to that? Because I honestly see a lot of um, Filipino women really holding on to that still, to listening to that still. And we just need to keep seeing people such as you who chose their own intuition and who chose their own uh, passion and their light. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I do feel like, you know, the entertainment industry has two sides to it. Imagine standing a little taller every day because you know why you feel proud to be Filipina. Because you have a whole network of Filipina sisters from all industries and walks of life who are supporting you, cheering you on. You have a sisterhood you get to meet with every week. You're being mentored and empowered by industry top female Filipino leaders. This is what's happening at the Filipina Soul Sisterhood Circle. Come hang out with me and other Filipinas reconnecting with their culture and with each other. How does it work? Every month we take on a theme as it relates to connecting with our culture, our histories, decolonizing, healing, working on mental health, and finding what it means to be an empowered Filipina in this modern day. We do this through daily journal prompts, which I create for you, group meditations, workshops, community discussions, daily activities. You get access and mentored by industry top Filipino women. This is such a magical community, y'all. Hang out with me and other Filipinas every Thursday. People call it their self-care hour of the week, filled with beautiful brown faces. This is where you feel seen. Honestly, just come see what it's about. Try it for a month. I hope to see you at the next Thursday session. You have a whole Filipina sisterhood waiting for you. Link is in the show notes to join. Back to the episode. The entertainment industry has two sides to it, right? Like it can be this negative force that, you know, encourages us to focus on like materialistic wealth and, you know, it sets like unrealistic body ideals and and things like that. But it also has a beautiful side to it too, right? The power of storytelling. You are using your platform to encourage change and lift uplift your community and that's amazing. And that's through, you know, podcasts and and the entertainment industry. So I I do think that there there's the good and the bad to it. And it just depends on how you decide to use it as a tool. I think for me like I wasn't always this way. Like I said, you know, I, I feel like I definitely like <laughs> got caught up in it and I wanted I wanted different things when I was younger. But as I got older, I realized that the glory of like fame and recognition wasn't all that it packed up to be for me. Um and that I just really would rather lead like a a normal life <laughs> um and and to have just like a yeah I don't know I just I just didn't I just didn't want it anymore and um mm-hmm. and I think like what's so, so great about Filipino culture is that um there is such an importance in family and I feel like I, I'm really grateful to have had that growing up like in the industry, um, I feel like my family really kept me grounded and kept me sane. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like that was definitely a positive influence. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, 
it, it is really hard, especially for teenagers now, because there's so much content to take in. And like you said, it's right there in your face and you don't know what's true or what's good or what's important or what you should be focusing your time and attention to. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think like as long as you're doing what you love and what makes you happy, like that's all you can ask. Yeah. I love that. I I want to kind of start closing up by asking you like on your own journey, like into Filipina heritage and pride, what have you found that you truly are most proud about um, with being Filipina or just within our culture? Um, I think just, I feel like having the honor of continuing like my mom's legacy, like, you know, she really talks a lot about how she didn't come from much and the sacrifices that she made in order for me to be where I'm at today. And that's something that I'll always be super grateful for is just the things that she's gone through in life to give me the opportunities that I have today. And yeah, just, just my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can have a, like a message to other Filipino women. So most of our listening base is yeah, Filipino women all around the world who are on this journey, who are just like, what does my identity mean to me? Like what I want to feel proud about something and I'm not sure what that is yet. So that's like almost all of us. Like it's, it's crazy how many people are on this journey as I found out from starting this podcast. And so (laughs) what, what is a message that you would like to leave them in terms of how they can start exploring that or, you know, what it's meant for you to, to really go dive into that more? Yeah, I think just um, appreciating what makes us unique and different and divine. I think that for mm. the longest time, like, you know, I feel like I've always been made to feel like I'm always slightly different um, or that, you know, this part of my culture is what separated me from everyone else in school or like in the neighborhoods where I grew up where it was predominantly all white people. Um, and at mm-hmm. times that's made me feel like, you know, different in a bad way or made me doubt myself or not like certain aspects of who I am. But instead of being ashamed of those things, now I take pride in it. Like that's what makes me me and that's what makes me yeah. special. And I love that. And I love Filipino culture. Like, you know, I think there's so much yeah. joy and so much life and so much love when you meet, um, when you come into yeah. a group of Filipino people, like everyone's laughing, everyone's loud, everyone's having a good time. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that I, you know, instead of the world like, needs oh, more of that, <laughs> definitely, exactly. And instead of apologizing for being too loud, sometimes, whatever, like, Maybe I'm too much for you, but yeah. I love that that is yeah. me and I, I'm I'm happy and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you are like an example of really like what I believe in happens when you like uplift or like put Filipino women in um like really influential spaces and roles. Like I, I see Filipinas as having just this like really nurturing, like compassionate part that compels one to action. Yeah. And I see with all, every guest I have, it's just like 
Filipinas are very like attuned, I think, to like their own needs and then to the needs of others and then wanting to do it in this like optimistic, creative, expressive way. This is the common denominator I've seen with everybody. And I see it like with you where you're just like, yeah, no, it's like whatever formal roles you are in, you're just like, hey, cool. I, I have this other interest and passion I have. I'm going to take it to the, to the next level and not just like, oh, I'm going to make my business to make money. It's just like you have a mission-driven kind of role in all this. And you've decided to really commit your life to keep having sustainable, long-lasting change. And that's just like, I always say I have a really radical belief that with more Filipino women in like represented and having positions of influence and power, I truly believe that we can change the world and the world needs a lot of healing right now. And the world needs healing and caretakers and needs people who are empathetic and making decisions based off of that. And that's why we, I think are the kind of like, (laughs) I hate to say the, but the perfect kind of next wave of change. And so I see that in you. So thank you for doing what you do. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's really cool that you like have found that common denominator because I I could absolutely like if I look back on moments in my life, like the courage and bravery that my mom has always had within her is I think like has what has inspired me to like be able to go forth and take action and make those changes and yeah, just embark on new journeys throughout my life. And I, I can definitely contribute that to my to my mom's just personality and her own personal power so yeah yeah it's really cool to hear you say that that's something that you've recognized in other guests <laughs> it's like it's magical i'm just like we are a movement i really believe it like filipino women are rising up into their power and there's a reason like there truly is a reason yeah. and yeah. i, I I see it expressed in so many creative ways. And like in Clayco, what you're doing is yet another example of that. It's just like, are we not out here doing like out of the box thinking things like awesome. (laughs) So um, I'd love to learn, like let you talk more of like what's coming up for you. What, what should listeners like look out for? What, what can we look up or into yeah. shamelessly plug anything or yeah like what should we decide for thank you <laughs> yeah so we are looking to launch our website and to start doing online sales mm-hmm. for our dried flower product and if you are in the Pacific Northwest, definitely come check us out. <laughs> or if you are getting married or have an event in the Pacific Northwest, sustainable floral design. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, can I, you do my wedding? For you. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Yes? Would okay, be so awesome. Cool. <laughs> I still need to find an actual boyfriend, yes. but like when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> minor details i already have details. all this planned out Just okay. Okay. Already the Check. Yeah. I, i'm gonna like be you on my you know I'm, yeah i'm gonna be on my date and just be like by the way in clayco i've already found 
<laughs> Nicole, <Yeah. laughs> you don't have to worry about the flowers. They're taken care of. They're going to be like, um, okay, but <laughs> amazing. Okay, so there's that. And then anything with you that we can know about for sleep? Oh, um, wait, in what regard? Yeah, well, like there's the like there's the business aspect, but anything like personal or oh, personal yeah. projects like coming up or yeah, yeah. I mean, just for for me, I'm we're gonna be moving into our next growing season, and we'll be growing flowers for the wholesale market. Mm-hmm. And I have some weddings coming up, and yeah, just living living the life on the farm with my mm-hmm. husband and my babe and <laughs> and. And my parents. What? <laughs> what a dream. So follow, follow, can we follow you along on Instagram? Like, do you post like on stories? Definitely, like, yeah. So I'm, I'm um, more active this, on Instagram. This process, because I feel like it'd be so cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more active on the Inclayco page. I, that is something that I do need to work on is my presence on, on Instagram. I, I haven't posted anything in a long time on the Nicole Gale Anderson page, but if you would like to stay up to date with the farm, definitely check out Inclayco um, on Instagram, which is I N C L A O C O. Yeah, to pay awesome. homage to our clay soils here. <laughs> Love it. Okay, if I'm ever out there, actually, I'll be there frequently through this year because of some project cool project I'm working on. Cool. It would be so cool to like see your work and Absolutely. yeah, and just see, yes, see you. I guess it would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can, yeah, my mom and I can cook up a bunch of Filipino food. We can <laughs> take a walk around the farm. It would be great. <laughs> All 40 acres, y'all. She has 40 acres of farming land. <laughs> I think we all should do that this year. That's like 2022 goals. Anyways, to wrap up, I always love to finish with this question, which is, um, what is your favorite Filipino dish, savory and sweet? <laughs> okay. Savory? <laughs> I would have to say shupao or longanisa. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then sweet, probably tarong. Oh, or halal. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what about you? I would say I love Toron. Um, I just feel like it brings a lot of memories back of like being around cousins and aunties shoving it in your face. Yeah. I've never made it before. Have you? I have made it with my mom. Yeah. Okay. Is it easy? Maybe I should try. <laughs> it's actually a lot easier than you think it would. I mean, because oh, you know, really? you just get the wraps and then you yeah. roll it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very satisfying. That is something I need to do instead of like just taking advantage, like your family just made things for you, like learning it. So I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Learn anything. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I look at it because I'm a huge peanut butter junkie. Like nice. Yeah. That is always on my mind for sure. <laughs> so yeah, now I'm getting really hungry. But Nicole, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like I learned so much from you just in this. And this is so cool to talk to a Filipina farmer, florist, activist, actress, you know, all those things. So 
<laughs> thank you for oh, thank you so much yeah I've, I've had a really good time chatting with you thank you so much for having me on yeah. the show of course thank you for like trailblazing and just setting the stage for like how one can have impact in this world as a Filipina and just like you know the person that you are and like tapping into all that so um loved having you and I can't wait to follow along all the amazing things coming up for you thank you so much <laughs>